0: DPP presidential candidate Lai Ching De attended a campaign event on Sunday in Taipei after stumping for legislative candidates around the island. During the event, Lai, along with supporters, braved the cold to hold up green placards and spell out campaign messages. The event marked the end of Lai's four-day campaign tour that took him to 18 cities and
1: counties. I hope the people of Taiwan can choose the right people and take the right path in this important election. I visited every county and city to propose my vision for a balanced Taiwan. Our plan for building up the nation is aimed at protecting Taiwan and promoting democracy, peace and prosperity. Every citizen of this country is very important, so we hope that on January 13th, all Taiwanese will have the courage to stand up and support me and Xiaobi Kim, who are listed as number two on the ballot. We only have 20 days to go before the election, and we are racing against time. We will continue to face all manner of slander and attacks but I've noticed that those who support us and support the DPP do so not out of malice, but out of their love for Taiwan.
0: Lai had set off from Ilan on Thursday, circling Taiwan in a clockwise direction to campaign around the country before arriving back in Taipei on Sunday. During campaigning, Lai shared his vision for Taiwan and his political views. Meanwhile, his running mate Shelby Kim said she and Lai were in a race against time, with less than three weeks before the country heads to the polls. Earlier in the day, DPP vice presidential candidate Xiao Bi Kim joined the election campaign of a legislative candidate for Shinju. During the event, Xiao spoke about plans to promote local Hakka culture and food products in international markets. Xiao said that the party's candidate, Jan Jiti, who is of Hakka descent, demonstrates the Hakka spirit of hard work. Let's hear what she had to say.
1: At a campaign event in Xinzhu on Sunday, DPP vice presidential candidate Xiao Bi and other party members cheer on DPP legislative candidate, Jan Jiti, who put on reindeer antlers. Xiao and other party members raise their arms and chant campaign slogans.
0: We've come to Hukou Township today. It's a very cold day and although it's cold and windy outside, every hand I shook when I arrived here was warm. All of you have brought the warmth with you.
1: Xiao then speaks directly to Hukou's Hakka residents, sharing with them her party's plans to bring prosperity to the community.
0: Whenever we promote Taiwanese culture internationally, there's always a Hakka element to that, including Hakka cuisine. To help it become more mainstream, we use the slogan Ha Food. Young people in the U.S. love Taiwanese bubble tea, and I know Shinju grows some of Taiwan's best teas, so we hope to continue marketing that in the future.
1: Xiao also expresses her support for Jan as a legislative candidate, describing her as someone able to deal with challenges.
0: President Tsai believes that we must always have the resolve to overcome the difficulties we encounter and that we should always seek opportunities where they exist. I believe that GT embraces this spirit. Although she knows that it'll be a difficult campaign, her Hakka heritage lends her the courage to face the hardships head on, and she is here to work hard for her community. With the courage of a Hakka who is not afraid of hardships and has the courage to develop this place, she's here to work hard with the locals.
1: Xiao hopes that Zhan's strengths will win her party the legislative seat for Shinjuku County.
0: Christmas is in the air in southern Taiwan. In Tainan, a salt sculpture festival at Chigu Salt Mountain is featuring some popular characters from the Japanese entertainment company Sanryo. And in Kaohsiung, a 25-meter tall Christmas tree has been erected in the city's central park with light installations to boot. The city government estimates that more than 100,000 people have come to the park to immerse in the festive spirit.
1: Standing 25 meters tall, this tree, adorned with blue and gold lights as well as lights that cascade down from the treetop, is Kaohsiung's largest Christmas tree, the Starry Night. Around the tree are light installations that display Santa's sleigh and oversized presents. There is also a light corridor with a themed bazaar, as well as two stages that alternately offer live performances, drawing crowds of people. The city's Economic Development Bureau estimates that about 100,000 people visited Central Park and the surrounding shopping areas.
0: To see all the Kaohsiung citizens come out is a lot of fun. I'm very happy. With this event, the foot traffic around here has really picked up. I think this is a good thing.
1: Another place that drew a big crowd is the Salt Sculpture Art Festival at Chigu Salt Mountain in next-door Tainan. It features characters from the Japanese entertainment company Sanryo, which have their share of followers. My
0: younger sister told us about it. This is the first time we've seen salt sculptures, and the night scenery is very pretty. I feel very good. This is a great opportunity for families to come out for a walk. Kids and the elderly can all participate. We have a relative returning from overseas, so we thought we'd take him to see a part of Taiwan that shows the local culture and the sights. In the evening, with the lights turned on, it's especially pretty. It's quite different from the daytime.
1: The combination of the salt sculptures and lights presents a very different salt mountain than the pure white one that people are used to seeing. With the arrival of Christmas, cities and counties are pulling out all stops to capitalize on the Western holiday.
0: Turning now to the weather. The strongest cold snap of the season so far is now behind us with a slight rise in temperatures during the day on Sunday, but it has turned cold once again Sunday evening as another cold air mass moved in. The Central Weather Administration says temperatures will drop to their lowest in the early mornings of Monday and Tuesday, when the mercury will hit 11 degrees in northern Taiwan and parts of Ilan. The CWA says temperatures will rebound on Tuesday, but on Wednesday, the northeast monsoon will pick up again, lowering temperatures slightly in the north and Ilan and raising the chances of rain. As for the New Year's Eve countdown next Sunday, people are advised to bundle up if they intend to head outdoors. From basketball to baseball, nearly every professional sports team in Taiwan has a cheerleading squad. Fans go to stadiums not just for the games, but also for the animated sideline performances. As cheerleaders soar in popularity, they've helped to drive ticket sales and bring international attention to Taiwan. But they've also raised some pressing questions. Are they uplifting or undermining women? Are they helping or hindering Taiwan's sports culture? We dive into the debate in our Sunday special report. Here
2: at Xinjiang Baseball Stadium, nearly 10-thousand fans wait in the stands to watch the Fubon Guardians play the CTBC brothers. At the other end of the stadium, there's a buzz of excitement as cheerleaders stream in. Established five years ago, the Fubon Angels are Taiwan's first cheer squad that performs for both baseball and basketball games. The Angels are exclusive to the Fubon franchise.
3: I majored in dance, so I thought if I could combine my passion with my profession, I'd have the world's best job.
2: Rain begins to pour in the second inning. The fans bring out their umbrellas as the cheerleaders continue to sing and dance.
3: Sometimes it rains in the middle of a game and it's not too heavy, so the referee doesn't call a timeout. So have to keep cheering in the rain, but the ground can be quite slippery.
2: On this day at Rakuten Taoyuan Baseball Stadium, the home team is scheduled to play the Weichuan Dragons. It's a hot, stifling day. But the Rakuten girls have arrived on the scene even earlier than the players. Behind the glamour of cheerleading is a lot of hard work.
3: Once we had a double-header, we played a game at noon and another at night. I developed heatstroke and felt like I needed to vomit in the middle of a routine."
2: Besides being able to brave the elements, cheerleaders must have stamina and a strong memory. Every player has a special chant and corresponding moves, and there are opening and halftime shows cheerleaders must memorize nearly 50 routines and perform for at least six
0: innings.
3: This is my seventh year with the squad, and a lot has happened over the years. I've gotten hit in the head with a dry ice blast. I was watching home plate, and our team scored. So of course, there was a celebration. The dry ice blaster went off directly into my face, which was a bit scary at the time.
2: The cheerleaders are popular not just because of their appearance or dance skills. Their main appeal is how approachable they are, unlike big name celebrities. Fans interact with the squad during games or promotional events. Thanks to diverse marketing channels, the cheerleaders have tremendous visibility. <laughs>
1: We essentially have our own platform. There are 60 home games a year. We have our own stage and run a YouTube channel. Those who discover the squad on screens have been known to buy tickets
2: to stadiums. baseball cheer culture has changed dramatically over the years. In the early days, cheerleaders were a spontaneously arranged group of spectators, not a hand-picked squad. The fans would beat drums, blow air horns, wave flags and chant simple slogans. In 2003, the Lanue Girls were launched by the Lanoue Bears. Predecessor to the Rackets and Monkeys. The girls were the first cheer squad in Taiwan, and there were no permanent members. But ticket sales faltered after 2009 due to match fixing scandals, remaining poor even when the team won the championship in 2012. That year, each game drew an average of just 2,400 spectators, 600 fewer than the year before.
1: But at
0: that time, 2,
4: At the time, there were just 2,400 spectators a game. It was already affecting the team, and there were doubts about sustainability. It just so happened that in 2012, we had a chance to go to South Korea. We won the CPBL title and were representing Taiwan in the Asia Series, which was located in Busan. We looked at their ballpark and saw some of the shows staged during the game. We saw the routines of their cheering squad and we saw that we had a lot to improve on. In
2: 2013, Wei Weiting began the work of bringing South Korea's cheer culture to Taiwan. Artists were hired to write cheers for the team and every player. New speakers and a dedicated DJ booth were installed to support the cheerleaders, amping up the fun in the stadium.
4: Suddenly, your ticket had tons of added value. You didn't just have a ticket to a baseball game, but also to a show inspired by baseball.
2: The new cheer culture was copied by other teams, and it succeeded in driving ticket sales. According to Rocket and Monkeys, average attendance per game was 6,900 in 2022. That's nearly three times the average 10 years ago, when average attendance was just 2,400.
1: Yes.
0: I used to just watch baseball games on TV. I think that cheerleaders drew me into the ballpark.
1: From a political and economic perspective, the squad brings in another stream of advertising revenue for the team. So the squad is backed by this strong ad revenue, making it a force that can't be ignored.
2: By industry estimates,
1: CPBL cheerleaders
2: generate more than 1.7 billion NT a year in merchandise sales, live broadcasts, and commercials. Eager to cash in, basketball teams have also embraced cheer culture. One franchise has a department dedicated to cheerleader bookings, endorsements, and
3: merchandise. <laughs> Actually, since last year, there has been growth in Angels merchandise. This year, for instance, if combining the sales of our two teams, we have sold more than five thousand units of these towels. This figure represents threefold growth compared to last year.
2: The cheerleaders' popularity is clear from their heavy media coverage. But with so much attention on cheerleaders, there's less of the limelight for baseball players. The rise of cheer culture has sparked debate.
0: 大家都只知道,
4: okay, People only know about how this player had a date with this cheerleader, or how the cheerleaders went overseas again today, things like that. No one notices how pitching speed has declined in the CPBL over the past few years, an issue that's concerning, I must be frank. When the sport isn't developing in the ideal way, I would even say if the sport is on the weak side, then what grabs more attention is side attractions like cheerleaders.
2: For true baseball lovers, going to a game is about watching the players, not the cheerleaders. For them, music in the stadium is an unwelcome distraction.
4: Some fans might want to hear the sound of a player hitting a ball. They want to hear the thwack, but this sound would be completely drowned out in the stadium. The franchise also decides the camera angles of baseball broadcasts. For example, ball fans might really want to see the players interacting after a nice play, or a picture reacting after being swapped out for a poor showing, but those moments might be replaced by scenes of cheerleaders dancing.
2: Zhang Yin Hui is the editor-in-chief of a feminist digital magazine. She says that cheerleaders have turned stadiums into sites of female objectification. <laughs>
4: In
3: contrast, there isn't such a strong cheer culture in Europe. How did we come to rely on cheerleaders? Is it because when we embrace popular culture from abroad, we tend to focus on American pop culture? We tend to forget that there are many other countries in this world. There are cultures that are more tasteful and less demeaning to women in their bodies.
2: Cheerleading was born in the 19th century on an American college campus. At the time, cheerleading was only for men. It wasn't until 1929 that women were allowed. When World War II began and men were sent to the front lines, cheerleading began to be dominated by women.
3: But ever since then, cheerleading has evolved from an honorable role to a showcase of sexual objectification. When they first started out, female cheerleaders dressed very tastefully. You can google this and find historical images on Wikipedia. Their outfits got skimpier and skimpier over time, becoming what we see today. Cheerleading has gone from dignified to sexy. Of course, it's not necessarily a bad thing to be sexy. The problem is, when the sexiness is disproportionately represented by one sex, we start to question whether this is a kind of sexism.
2: Some scholars question the message cheerleading sends, that men play and women cheer. It reinforces harmful stereotypes about division of labour, they warn. But others say that's taking cheerleading far too seriously.
0: I feel that cheerleaders bring more visibility and energy. There are more positives than negatives.
2: The debate on cheerleading is long from settled. Both sides say the point is to improve Taiwan's sports culture. At the end of it all, perhaps women will play and men cheer in professional leagues stronger than ever before,
1: turning a new chapter for Taiwan sports and gender equality.